Welcome to Through the Mirror. My name is Aaron. Join me along with Miranda and Zach as we take a long, hard look at what we believe as individuals and try to come to a mutual understanding about love, faith, politics, social justice, and so much more. My hope is that as you listen, you keep an open mind to the opinions of the hosts and guests and try to understand your world through a new paradigm. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me on this very first episode of Through the Mirror. We're doing a three-part series on meeting our hosts, me, Zach, and Miranda. This episode, we get to meet Miranda. She's a self-proclaimed Celtic Reconstructionist pagan who is both gender-fluid and pansexual. She takes us on a walk of how she went from conservative Christian to praying to Thor for a good night's rest. This is a pretty heavy episode, guys, so if you're sensitive to abuse, molestation, or domestic violence, I will understand if this episode you don't listen fully through. She does throw out a trigger warning when those things are brought up, so be mindful of that when you listen to this episode. So with that being said, let's dive right in. So Miranda, uh... Yes. Can you give us kind of just a little bit of a rundown of, you know, birth, not, well, not birth, but, you know, where you were born? <laughs> it all started when my parents. I that. was born. <laughs> I do exist. Yes. Uh, so you are a real person. That's well, fantastic. most days. <laughs> <laughs> a little disassociating here and there. Uh, too real. Yep, um... I feel it. <laughs> So I guess, um, I mean, start where you're going to start. Um, the main thing that I want to to kind of get at is we ha- we've all been raised Christian and we all have um, diverged or me not so much, but Zachary, you're, you're an atheist, Miranda, you're a witch. Um, so just kind of how pagan. I, yeah, pagan. <laughs> yes. Um, so kind of how you got to, you know, how you were raised in that and what kind of brought on what were the characters to where you are now all right um so i was uh i was raised non-denominational christian uh we primarily went to assemblies of god churches and i liked the music there i still like the music i like the kind of more pop (laughs) worship music um It was always very, it never felt right for me specifically. It's right for many, but not for me. Um, I was able to play along, but it never felt like it was exactly me. I always felt like something was missing and I hated the constant fear I was put through over the fate of my soul. I was obsessing over it at one point. Uh, a man from my church told me when I was about 15 that if I don't marry a Christian man, if I'm not equally yoked, then when I get to heaven, I will completely forget about my life with him. That's a weird yikes yeah. type of way to believe. Um, okay. <laughs> 
Um, so that caused me to panic any time I thought about dating somebody who was not Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, anytime I liked anyone who wasn't Christian, because I, you know, went got sent into this panic spiral of, oh God, what if I build a life with this person and I don't remember them, et cetera, et cetera. And it was really taking away from like actually living my life. Right. Right. So I've also never been convinced that only one God with all the pantheons throughout history, how could there only be one? And my, my biggest argument for that was always the 10 commandments themselves where God says, you know, don't have other gods before me. That's acknowledging that there are other deities out there. He just wants to be number one, Um, (laughs) which is understandable for that religion. And so in 2014, really, I was really starting to figure out what exactly my belief system was. And then in the summer of 2015, I was talking to an ex of mine who had been raised Catholic and was now atheist. And he suggested pantheism to me, uh, yep. which Go ahead. means all deities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. And so I started looking more into it and I've throughout the years, I've had lots of friends who are pagans and Wiccans and all sorts and so I looked into it and I realized, oh, well, this is perfect. Like, I, I am very connected in nature. I believe in every deity. And so I was really drawn to Celtic deities because of my heritage. And so um, I started researching a lot. I, I took a silly quiz about, oh, what Celtic goddess are you? And I got Rhiannon and then I started researching her and I've always been, it, you know, the, how there's always the, the horse obsessed girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you the horse obsessed girl? I was more than that. Um, I can realistically neigh like a horse. So it was kind of like a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, we got to hear it. Come on. <laughs> So I actually, side note, before I demonstrate, I had, uh, I saved the show Horseland. It was an animated show made by Deke Entertainment. None of their 200 plus voiceover actors could nay convincingly. And my dad was their accountant at the time. And he told the, uh, the lady in charge of like talent and everything about my weird talent. And so she brought me in. <laughs> And she's like, you just saved the show. And there are there are Horseland <laughs> toys out there that when you press a button, it neighs. And that's me. I'm in a toy. That's cool. So, <laughs> what a weird so flex. So your, uh, yeah. your legacy is definitely set. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I used to get called Horse Girl and it, like weird Horse Girl. Like it was teasing. It was not fun. But um, lo and behold... <laughs> This is my talent. Oh, gotta breathe. <laughs> oh my god! 
that's amazing. Wow. That is the coolest thing. That's better than my Wookiee impression, which is very, very bad. <laughs> so, um, that's like the Chris right. Walken of, of, of horse impressions. That's great. That's pretty great. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of weird. And so when I'm reading about the story of Rhiannon, um, she's very connected to horses and it all just kind of made sense. So, (laughs) uh, so then I'm doing some research about her and then I realize, oh, oh, right. That Fleetwood Mac song literally called Rihanna. And I love that song. I've always loved that song and I'm listening to it. And at the same time, a friend of mine posts on Facebook that song. And I was like, okay, that's a little creepy. And then, uh, so I put out some horse figurines and a little makeshift altar. And the next day she contacts a friend of mine who is open to communication from deities and whatnot. And she's like, hey, so uh, yeah, Rhiannon wants to work with you if you'd like to work with her. I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, so I'm, I now call myself a Celtic reconstructionist pagan Um really trying to focus in on the Celtic side of of things and witchcraft and all that fun stuff. And uh, so I've got, I can go into like um, other stuff that has to do with that, that I believe in. Okay. So, so let's, let's break uh, this, this self title yeah. down Celtic reconstructionist pagan. I recognize yeah. All of those words, but I don't really know exactly what they mean (laughs) all together. together, It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Celtic Reconstructionist is a polytheistic, animistic, religious, and cultural movement. It's an effort. um, I'm reading off of a website that has information, and they say that um, it's an effort to reconstruct within a modern Celtic cultural concept the aspects of ancient Celtic religions that were lost or uh, subsumed by Christianity. So, okay, the, yeah. So all the Celtic holidays, um, that when the Christians, Samhain, yes, when uh, the biggest, Christians biggest came one in, that I know of is is Christmas, definitely Yule. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When the Christians came in and were like, so we know you're already celebrating something on that day anyway. You might as well celebrate our stuff. Right. Kind the, of the Anglo-Saxon Christians yeah, dominated right. the world. <laughs> in the name and of the yesterday was actually a, um, a Celtic holiday about celebrating the beginning of the harvest. I uh, don't want to mess up the pronunciation, but probably will. I believe it's pronounced Lumas, uh, Lunasa. Okay, isn't that? It's also pronounced um, <laughs> Lamas, not llamas, but Lamas. <laughs> um, and so that's about, you know, you get to start your harvest now, and you know, reap what you've sown. Did how did you celebrate? Did you have any harvest? I had some delicious corn on the cob oh and some irish honey mead oh provided by my partner and he he grilled the corn and he grilled some steaks so 
That was our, our little way. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I, I guess my next question is, um, so now you're a Celtic Reconstructionist pagan. Um, Correct. How, now, were you raised, like, conservative or with conservative values? Um, uh, one of my... Uh, one of my early memories, I vividly remember uh, when I was 10 years old and it was the, well, actually I was 11 at this point and it was the 2000 election. And I recall vividly that my mother was going to rallies in support of Bush and yeah, raised very Republican. And I remember hearing stories about um, my maternal grandmother is super democratic and my maternal grandfather would secretly vote Republican. <laughs> um, guess not much of a secret if I knew about it. <laughs> it, it all comes to light. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely grew up conservative and Christian and I was, I was just led to believe it took me forever to come out because I always was raised to believe that, you just you just were cis and straight and you know i was gonna marry a guy someday granted i'm going to but you know i do have other <laughs> that's just how it worked out <laughs> how rough... that's how it worked out and that's another rant about the, how it's easier to date guys than anyway <laughs> oh really it's easier to find it's easier to find guys today ah uh, okay when is what i mean well because gotcha. most men have um, superiorly low standards there's an entire thing about a biphobia and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff, but that's an yeah. entirely yeah, that's a topic whole other podcast, <laughs> right? I'm more than happy to go into it. Uh, I don't want to. I want to save that. Want to put a pin in that. Um, but yeah. you are not straight. Correct. Her incredibly not straight. Gotcha. Um, I like how she added the adjective incredibly. Yep. <laughs> Emphatically, <laughs> amazingly not straight. I, yeah. I am uh, I'm also gender fluid. Specifically, I am what's called gender fey. It's a newer term. It means that my gender is fluid, but I never feel masculine. So... Okay. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. So I feel everything from neutral to them. Gotcha. Okay. I don't really, and I don't really it, understand, but I don't want to d- do a okay. deep, deep dive into it. Um, we can do a gender podcast. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm totally open, um, open to do that. But yeah, I was, I was always raised to just. It wasn't. It wasn't that I was told that being gay or anything except straight was bad it was just it was my future was spoken about in a matter of fact yeah so when you marry you you know when you find your husband and etc etc you know in that kind of it was all assumed yes gotcha so i (laughs) was 20 when i first came out as uh as bi and later pan and then another 10 years before I came out as gender fluid so it's like had to deal with that in kind of internalized 
way I was taught. Right. Um, I've done a lot of that over the years and huge, huge help to that was my Spanish teacher in high school. He really, one of the things he always told us was he wanted us to learn how to research on our own and speak and, and form our own opinion. He goes, I don't care if you disagree with the things that I have to say. I just want you to have an opinion that's yours. And that really always spoke to me and motivated me to start questioning a lot of things. So you were, you were raised um, with everything that was pretty much – everything was laid out in front of you. you. You don't really have a choice. You were feeling all these things that were very different from what yeah. you – were taught and what was said about you and, and, and planned for you. Let's see, how do I put this? Um, from getting from, from that and, and doing all those questions and, and all that research, um, what was some of the things that, that um, were indicators that you knew were not right for you because you say that it, um you know you're a raised christian it is right for somebody but it's not right for you specifically um, um <laughs> what what would you say were some of those things one thing that really stood out to me that was like it just never it always felt like i was just playing along and performing was my church is always it, i vividly remember sunday school at this one church that I went to up in Portland, Oregon, where the the kids would go off to a separate thing. And it was huge. It was like easily a hundred kids in there. And they were trying to teach us all about speaking in tongues as children. And that just kind of bothered me. Even as a kid, I was like, I, I, I can't do that. We'll try, let you know, let God in and, and take over. And so I kind of like learned how to fake it. Um it it just and I just started seeing more and more things about the hypocrisy of the people that surrounded me, how I knew for a fact that they would act a certain way on church on Sundays during church. And completely different the rest of the week. Hmm. Um, they put on a good performance for God, but they weren't actually trying to live Christ-like. And there was a point where I just, I didn't like calling myself a Christian. And so I changed it. I, I had said I was, that I was a follower of Christ. Yeah. Because that kind of felt a little bit more genuine of what I was trying to do as I figured things out. Mm -hmm. When you did do your your conversion and and your reconstructing, um, when you decided that Christianity wasn't for you, um, did you feel like you were losing anything? Not really, no. I felt like I was actually gaining something. Gotcha. Because... Growing up with epilepsy, there was one thing I was told about a decade ago from when I, I had posted on Facebook that I'd had another seizure. And a lady from the church I was going to told me that if I pray hard enough, God will take my seizures away. Oh, Lord. 
And that really struck me because I started having seizures at 10 years old. Mm -hmm. I have full-blown grand mal seizures. These are not tiny things. I'm on the floor thrashing about. And I, I said, don't you think every single time I know I'm going to have a seizure, because I get an aura that is a specific stomach ache and deja vu feeling where I, I feel myself losing control. I told her, I was like, don't you think every single time in that moment, I am begging to the point of tears. I am begging God to stop these seizures mm-hmm. and not once was that prayer ever answered. Mm. And it just kind of was like, not making me feel too great. But the week that I was really starting to look into paganism and witchcraft, I was at a friend's house and it was, it had been pouring rain and there was thunder and lightning. And at one point, the thunder was literally right next to the house Mm. and it was so loud that the windows rattled and it didn't scare me awake. It scared me in my sleep and I screamed and I woke myself up. Wow. And in that moment I'm going, I just want to sleep. And I thought, you know what? Let me try something. So I laid there and I said, Hey Thor. I know we don't know each other, but do you think you might be able to take the thunder and lightning just just a few miles away just so I can get some sleep? I would really appreciate that. And it worked. <laughs> that is the first prayer to a deity I've ever made that was answered. Wow. And I just kind of felt like, okay guess i'm gonna keep trying this that's that's some pretty hard evidence right there it it's i can't deny that (laughs) right the same way a christian can't a a christian couldn't deny that oh well i prayed to find my keys and oh look there they were right on the mantle exactly yeah there are plenty of christian testimonies that are the exact same substitute thor for the Christian God, and it sounds like a, a Christian testimony, right? Yeah. And and I just kind of from there went, well, these 80s are actually answering my prayers. And it kind of, turning to that gave me this huge sense of, I believe in myself now. I felt like when I was a Christian, it was always, oh, please, God, can you do this thing for me because I'm not worthy and all of these things. Mm -hmm. In paganism, it's, I'm going to do this thing. I would appreciate assistance in this, but I'm powerful enough to do this thing. And it it really has helped my self-esteem immensely. And it just, having been, having been told that when I was in an abusive relationship and other emotional abuse, I suffered that, Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Being told that I'm not good enough and not worthy in the religion that I believe in, Mm -hmm. I I realized became a bit too, 
it reminded me a bit too much of my abuser. Right. That I'm nothing with, he would tell me I'm nothing without him. And so constantly hearing growing up, oh, you know, we're nothing without God. I'm like, oh, that kind of hits a trigger. Yeah. So. So paganism has um, given you a little bit more authority. Exactly. Like, like I, my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm in charge of my life, and I have the power. Yeah, and that's kind of. I, I still believe things like you know, do no harm, but take no crap. Right. Is yeah. basically the thing. I still lo- try to live my life as a good person, best I can. Mm-hmm. But it's it's to be a good person. It's not. Um, isn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, uh, Pendulette said was asked, oh, well, if you're an atheist, what keeps you from raping as much as you want? And he goes, I rape the exact amount I want, which is zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need a book to, if you need a book to make you make moral choices, that's a little concerning. So that just kind of re- was reiterated to to me as well. I gotta confess, it's really hard for me not to put my opinion in on this. So I know. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> and again, trumping at the bit here, man. Like, uh, that's is crazy. But- Christianity does work for real for a lot of people, obviously, mm-hmm. but it just. And I, I still believe that the Christian God exists. I believe Jesus was a cool dude. I just it didn't work for me. Oh, that was actually going to be one of my uh, follow up questions: Is do you believe in, in the Christian God? I absolutely believe he exists. Right. Sure. Okay. He's just like, why would that, why, why would I sit here and say, oh, every pantheon exists except that one. Right. (laughs) He also exists. And, and I feel like in the, in the way that I prayed out to Thor in the case of thunder and lightning, if there's a, I feel like, I could also do that with a Christian God if there's ever anything I needed that he might cover. Mm. That it's different deities for whatever they're, you know. How would you, if you could quantify, um, like maybe in a percentage, um, how you've experienced God versus how you've experienced other deities, what what would you, how would you rank God, the Christian God on on that scale? In the percentage of, if times where I think he had kind of had a, had a hand in things or. The Christian God is maybe more powerful, or do you think that maybe he just doesn't uh, intervene as much, or maybe it was just in your life and he was like, fuck you, Miranda, I'm not going to be in your life. I don't think it was personal. Okay. I don't think it was personal at all. I think it's, I, I think he just doesn't intervene quite as much my, my and i know thing. lots of people have testimonies about their experiences and i'm not trying to discount that right um i just don't think he's quite as involved and that would exp- and also the old testament god not a nice dude no not a nice guy <laughs> no and I, I would jealous i would wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with you there yes angry it wasn't until Jesus came along that, that God was like, hey, all right. <laughs> I saw a TikTok recently that was like, 
you know, if you don't sin a little bit, Jesus died for nothing. <laughs> really, that's not cool. I was like, well, we don't want to make it till he died for nothing. <laughs> so my my whole thing to to harken back to what Aaron had said about you, uh, or about you had said you believed in the Christian God, and that you mm-hmm. would you know call out to him as you would call out to Thor or uh, any of the other Celtic gods, or any god for that matter. Uh, Ra or Anubis or uh, and any sure. Sobek, you know, Egyptian gods. The stipulation with Christianity and God working for you and working yeah. with you is that you have to believe in that God. With that comes following the Ten Commandments and not worshiping any other gods above or parallel to the Christian. Right. So by the book, Which- it, he can't help you, you know. I would be open to it. I haven't. Um, it, it's it's that, well, I would if there wasn't the stipulation kind of thing. Right. Okay. Um, it's not something I'm against, but he's against. Right. You know? It's like it's a, a very exclusive religion and the benefits therein are predicated on you believing wholeheartedly right. in that religion. If you're willing... Um, okay. Because I know you, and I know a little bit of what you've went through uh, as a child, yeah. and with your um, with your various partners. Um, and by all means, if you don't want to deep dive into this, you don't have to. But I kind of want to hear a little bit of what that uh, that you know between you and your mom, and between you and your ex lovers, and or past relationships and, and that abuse that took place. And um, maybe that will give our listeners a little bit more of um, a framework to, to see what your opinion are is on certain things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's fun stuff. Preemptive <laughs> trigger warning for childhood sexual assault and abuse and all that fun stuff. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes too. As yeah. Well. When I was about two and a half, a male family member had molested me. And I don't remember the event itself, but I remember going to therapy after. Mm. And this individual did have to do a, um, they were under 18, so they did have to do a program and didn't live. Um, in the house with us anymore until I was 10 years old and they were not allowed to be in the same room with me as me. Um, and nothing ever happened again after that, but I always had this kind of sense of, I actually didn't learn that about him going to that juvenile program until about a year ago. This entire time I just thought, Oh, he moved out to go live with other family members and essentially got away with it. Right. For I, I'm about to be 31. So this entire time, that's what I thought had happened. And I kind of had this, this feeling of why wasn't there any sort of punishment? Like I was a child. I needed to be protected. Yeah. And um, I definitely feel like I don't, I didn't actually get a lot of that. I didn't get a lot of emotional protection. Um, I grew up feeling 
like I was worthless. Like my opinion didn't matter. There was at one point where my sister and I were two years apart. She's two years younger. And there was a lot of, she did a lot of antagonizing me. (laughs) And I've always been the type to react loudly. That's just who I am. And she knew this. And so I would always react in anger and then get in trouble. And I would tell them. She was played. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, but she did this. It doesn't matter. You need to, you know, set a better example and not react in anger and (sighs) all of that. And even as young as seven or eight years old, I would say, don't you want to know why I was angry? And they would say it. No, it doesn't matter. Just telling don't get me that angry. my feelings didn't matter. <sighs> and they'd say, she's just doing that to press your buttons. Yes, I know. It's working. <laughs> it's working, <laughs> god damn it. That's the point. That's what's not okay. And I also was always taught that... So my parents um, are divorced. And that was one of the best things to ever happen. And, and my dad has since remarried and everything. And one thing that my mother always told me was, oh, couples fight. It's normal. They, they would fight often and loud. That kind of prepared me to accept an abusive relationship. Was the fighting physical or just very verbal? No, it was always verbal. Okay. I mean, me and my wife fight. We fight over just stupid shit. But uh, in my opinion, anything worth keeping is worth fighting for. And differences of opinions, uh, in my instance, differences in parenting styles um, is a source of contention in my relationship. And we kind of got to meet in the middle. We don't ever come to shouting matches unless it's something super serious or we're very passionate about something. Um, Sure. It's never been physical. And, uh, no, I would never hit my wife. She's hit my, me a few times, but I deserve it. <laughs> my partner and I have a rule about never name calling. And we've disagreed on things before, but it there's never been a normal. fight. In the, in the 18 months we've been together, there has never, ever been any kind of fight. Um, because we just, I, we don't want, <laughs> we're so, we're so lucky and thankful. We're like, oh, I don't want to mess it up at all. <laughs> so we over communicate sometimes <laughs> but um i just i think that i feel like being told that you know fighting is normal and to me the fighting that i witnessed was is what normal. i thought was normal yeah and so when i was in an abusive relationship I was like, oh, this isn't abuse. We're just fighting. This it's normal. normal. <laughs> Everything's fine. I, I picture the guy. Uh, he broke the my nose twice. It's normal. Fire. Wait, hold on. Um, he, he broke your nose twice? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, the first time was March 2011. And I was sitting over by my dresser in my bedroom. And he was sitting on my bed. Um, and I don't remember what I said, not that the blame's on me, but I was putting clothes away and I said something and he got up so fast and got in my face and we just started fighting, not our first physical fight. Mm. And I thought, okay, if I can kick him in the junk, 
he'll stop. Right? Yeah. That's a logical belief. Mm-hmm. No. I'm yeah. I managed to. Hey maker pos- to the baby maker. Huh? A haymaker to the baby maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He paused for a second and I was at this point I was in front of my bed. He paused and looked down and then when he looked back up all life was gone from his eyes. And he punched me so hard. I I still remember the crack of my nose. Mm. But my lip got busted and I flew back onto my bed. And I just immediately started bleeding and and then his attitude changed and he was so apologetic and everything and I told him like you know get away from me and at that point I really should have ended things but we told this lie that oh we were wrestling playing around and his elbow went flying and mm-hmm. fought me in the face and then a couple months later we move in together there's tons of fighting. We were together for a total of four years, lived together for two. And November 2012 was about four months before we broke up, finally, <laughs> for the final time, because that happened a lot. And he broke my nose again, punched me in the face, and said that I was a bitch who deserved it. Mm. And he would always tell me stuff like, oh, without me, you would be on the street, you'd be homeless. No one wants anything to do with you. He completely isolated me from everybody, my family, my friends. He picked which friends I got to have. At one point, he sat down with me to go through my Facebook friends list and delete every male that was not a family member that he hadn't met and approved of. And I had to basically defend each friendship and convince him that, no, they didn't want to sleep with me. Yeah, fuck that. Um, he caused. He told me t- that I had to stop a friendship with a guy because at one point we'd liked each other and basically made me choose. I didn't choose. I just changed my friend's name in my phone to a girl's name. <sighs> so, yeah, it, this it is was... breaking my fucking heart, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I I was con- I didn't know who I was without him. And I he likes to say that he ended the relationship, but it, I did. I came to him and told him I wasn't happy anymore on March 14th, 2013. Pi Day. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so everyone else celebrates Pi Day and I celebrate freedom. Nice. Yeah. Um it right. wasn't for another like 2 weeks before I actually moved out and that's another Maybe we'll do a domestic violence <laughs> episode because <laughs> there's a lot more I can go into with that. But... Yeah, we want to unpack all that right now. That's that's its own thing. Yeah. Okay. So I've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. So the Miranda now, the the happy Miranda, the Miranda that I know, the great, wonderful, beautiful, <laughs> just funny, pun-loving. Uh, I'm a good singer. Yeah, great singer. Uh, Thank where, you. Where, yeah. where are you at now? Like, let's get let's get past all this um, fucked up shit. I want to hear right. all the good shit that's happened in the well, last couple of years. Uh, I am 
life's not normal at the moment. But <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's go back to like January. <laughs> um I'm a nanny for four really adorable boys. Um they're really just awesome. And uh the parents are friends of mine from the Renaissance Fair. Um I am dating the best person that I have ever people talk a lot about soulmates and what they actually mean is a twin flame and what they actually mean is a what now twin it's called a twin twin flame twin flame okay yeah when people describe a soulmate they're actually describing a twin flame okay um that the second you meet this person it feels as though you've known them a lot longer than five seconds Mm -hmm. Mm. you are able to talk about absolutely every single thing in the world. You know, things in your life match up really well. We, he and I crossed paths dozens of times over the last few years, but didn't meet until a friend of ours introduced us. And he even saw me... He even saw me perform in a stage show at fair, not knowing who I was. So how we met is (laughs) it was the final Saturday of the 2018 fair season. It was May 19th. Um, And all season I'd been going, oh, this is the year I'm going to get a fair husband, which is kind of like a work spouse. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You pretend to be married at fair. So, but it hadn't happened. And I was like, man, I I just want a fair husband. And so um, some really amazing friends of mine are this band called Sportive Tricks. Everyone go check them out on all the uh, social medias and Spotify. (laughs) And they are a sportive, S-P-O-R-T-I-V-E. Sportive Sportive. I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. Um, they're amazing. I've auditioned for their band. Like I almost made it. <laughs> but uh, they're really great friends of mine. And so I was walking around with them to this end of day musicians jam thing. And at one point we're standing around and the drummer for the band, his name is Kurt. He apparently I said something and the way that I said it reminded him of my partner and he's like hold on I'll I'll be right back and so he walks over literally 10 feet and that's where my partner was talking to two friends and he grabs him by the shoulders and says you're coming with me <laughs> and boy I'm like, about uh, to change your life <laughs> basically <laughs> And, and he, he tells it that, you know, this, he didn't know what it was going to lead to, but you just go with it. Right. Yeah. And so he guides him over by his shoulders, plops him in front of me and goes, Miranda, this is Sean. Sean, this is Miranda. You're welcome. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Boy, did he know. Yeah. And so then we start talking and I feel that instant what do you mean we met two seconds ago? Like, it felt amazing. And I joked. I go, well, we might as well get married at this point. And he goes, okay. 
Uh, uh. <laughs> so then Kurt calls over another friend of ours that is one of the Puritans at fair. And he goes, hey, can you fair marry them? And he's like, yeah, sure. Do you not legally, you know, yeah, yeah. And do you not legally, great, you're fair married. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just started talking for the next like hour or so, the, the last hour of the day. And we just, it felt so natural. And we just, just, we're just talking about all of these things that you don't normally talk about with somebody (laughs) yeah like yeah you know i've got this this and this experience oh wow me too hey i they yeah it was just all of this just felt so natural and then that night we added each other on facebook and talked until i believe it was like two or three in the morning those are rookie numbers i had to get up early for the last day of fair and (laughs) And then in the morning, he's like, he sent me a message and he said, I hope you have a really great final day of fair, fair wife. And, um, and then I mentioned it to a few of our mutual friends the next day. I was like, Hey, so I don't know, I kind of like him. And they all went, Oh my God, I never thought about you two together, but no, no, that's perfect. You guys are, would be perfect together. (laughs) And it wasn't until, um, December so it, it took a few months for me to not be stubborn about a few things. I I was kind of scared that, no, 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 this is too good to be true. This can't, there's, there's no way that somebody is this perfect for me. Mm. And, and then in December, I was just kind of like, hey, so like you know, go out sometime kind of thing and then so we agreed we were like yeah you know we we realized we like each other and we went on our first date january 12th uh, 2019 and again had a lot of really in-depth conversations um on the drive to where he was where he took me and he took me to the huntington library and it's this i don't know if you guys know what the Huntington is. I do. At all. Okay. But yeah. that, Zach does not. I know what the Huntington Beach is. I've been there. But. <laughs> it's not this, it's um, basically this guy, you know, in like like 1800 era things where they say they're going to roam around the gardens. Well, the, the gardens being giant, huge things. And there's libraries there. And this, this guy, the super rich guy collected a lot of like first edition things. And so um, there's a tea room there. So he took me there to have high tea and we pull into the parking lot and he goes, so I knew I had to bring the Ravenclaw to a library. And um, he already knew your Hogwarts house. What a bunch of nerds. Oh, I love it. He is a Hufflepuff. He is a Hufflepuff <laughs> and I love it. Same. Um, and he goes, and I didn't bring you flowers. Instead, I brought you to actual gardens. And I started sobbing because nice. nobody Aww. is ever, <laughs> no one's ever put the amount of effort into winning me over. And he still does that. He still puts that same effort in. I feel like such and a that- bad husband listening to this story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about, I was literally, Zach, I was literally about to say, 
Okay, this guy has set the bar so fucking high, he's going to make the rest of us look so bad. I always tell people that my bar was incredibly low, and he still pole vaulted over it. Like, many people tend to, like, dig under (laughs) the bar. (laughs) But it's, you know, 18 months later, and he still does things. And I really think that that's the secret to things, to keeping things as amazing is you know never stop trying to win your person yeah that's great advice it's you know and his i always put the amount of effort in that i do because he is the best thing to ever happen to me and i never ever want to disappoint him or let him down in any way and i cannot i just i can't lose him ever <laughs> and if I could fin- destroy if, me, if I could uh, give you a little bit of unsolicited advice, <laughs> um, there is sounds like there is no way if you just are just normal Miranda, there's no way that you're gonna ever be able to lose him. I appreciate that. I I absolutely fight with this idea of. Well, one day he's going to realize that I'm actually awful, even though he's seen all of my awful. (laughs) And the thing is, he's always had the same worry. He's always been like, okay, but like, she'll realize I'm not perfect. And then she'll just, she'll leave. But I'm not going anywhere. So we've both come from that, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. Okay. So we both fight. It's it's both toxic and good at the same time and i'll 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 say this um it's not that you're both putting your best foot forward all the time that you're just wearing masks but no it's on on surface level that's what it is but i know i know you and i know that that's not exactly what that is but the idea that you either of you are going to fuck up in some way i i kind of put the bar at this like if you're not going to cheat on each other you guys are pretty much going to stay together forever right right yeah we've we've both said that literally the only that would be the only thing that would ever end things and we're so one of my favorite things is we don't try to change each other at all we're both flirty people you know what is an easy way around um of that statement like cheating Open hmm. rela- open relationship. Uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I know it's not it's not uh, no, a great, no. okay okay. I I am a poly person, but I'm in a monogamous relationship. Just like I'm still pansexual, even though I'm dating a cis guy. Mm-hmm. Um and <sighs> and so our relationship is monogamous, but there's no we don't care if the other flirts. There's no, you know, girl, get your free drinks at the bar. It's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you can get your appetite in the world, as long as you eat at home. Basically. Yeah. We're, it's like, I have friends who describe it as like, still had to look at the menu. We just don't order. Right. You know, <laughs> you get, and you get your water and breadsticks and then you go and eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like that one song. It's like, you know, just save the last dance for me. Come, you know, come home with me. 
and we did. Oh, I love Michael Bublé. I love that song. Um, and so I just it's it's definitely not in a toxic way of like he just we inspire each other to want to be our best selves. Mm. The reason I of the toxicity is because I've I've battled with the same thing with my wife. Um, when we we broke up years ago before we got married, and um. It came down to a conversation about, you know, one day you're going to realize that you're going to wake up and you're just not going to love me anymore. And I, I planted that seed and, and I fostered growth for that seed and it eventually, you know, bore fruit. And it happened. We split up. And we took some time apart. But and now even in my marriage, like there is still that, you know, what if she does realize that she doesn't want to be with me or what if I, you know, she has the same mm-hmm. thought. What if he wakes up one day and realizes he doesn't want to be with me, you know, and we don't play into that because that's that's where the toxic side of it comes. Yeah, you have right. to overcome that side of things and yeah. realize that you know I love this person. I'm in a great relationship. We're in a great place, mentally, emotionally, financially, everything. And but yeah. that that lingering fear. That's what I was getting at. Not to say that the the mindset is toxic, but lingering on that mindset can lead to very very bad and- outcomes. One thing that we do because he knows all about all of my mental health stuff is I'm I'm able to go, hey, I just need some validation right now. I need a little validation stamp. I need that stamp a stamp. And <laughs> he will go, okay, like what are you what are you worried about? What is your anxiety telling you? Well, it's telling you that or it's telling me that, you know, that you're just gonna get sick of me <laughs> and everything. And he'll go, Nope, never gonna happen. You're stuck with me. And so he's like, I'm literally buying you you know designing an engagement ring and buying it for you and and he's like nah i'm not going anywhere <laughs> and we joke it's like besides online dating is exhausting and oh, i really yeah. don't want to get oh back God, into that uh, <laughs> that's, that's the biggest hurdle of, of wanting to leave a relationship is like fuck i gotta start over with some stranger who doesn't know how to cook doesn't know how to right. do anything doesn't know me i don't want to do that it's like starting a game from scratch I that hate, you, you've never played I like ah. the- yeah, I hate the dating process. Love being in a relationship; it's great, but I hate the the interviews. The <laughs> yeah, it's not. I fun. feel <laughs> like I feel like we're on opposite ends of that because I I didn't have very many bad dates. I had a few, a couple, but my interview process is. I mean, I think that's why I wanted to start a podcast because I just love interviewing yeah. people. Uh, so well, I mean, I lo- I loved it when I was single. I I've, loved. I've had some people. really good first dates. I've had great dates. They, <clears> you know, <throat> many didn't. <laughs> and meetups with people really great. <laughs> and tangent. <laughs> tangent. We're, um, we're getting in the weeds. But uh, it was more. But that be- was because it took me a while before I would find people who I actually wanted to meet. Like if I, if I met up with every single person that messaged me, I would have more bad dates than not. Oh right. yeah. Uh, fun but fact. I am extremely picky. Fun fact, Zach, uh, how I met Miranda was through Tinder. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. that. Yep. It was great. I believe <laughs> it was thanks to a nerd fighter reference. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey. I think, um, 
I think one of the first things you ever said to me was, okay, but like, who the F is Hank? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you had something in your profile that was like, uh, so, uh, it, like I think maybe I the Fault in the Stars being or something. A nerd fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I mentioned being a nerd fighter because when you said that, I was like, oh God, finally somebody who didn't ask if I fight nerds. <laughs> it's funny that you guys mentioned the nerd fighter group because um, every other year, I've got to get one this year. Um, I buy my wife a canvas. And one of the things that I've been saying to her for years is a quote from It's a Wonderful Life. And it's, uh, do you want the moon? Just, just say the word. I'll throw a lasso around that and pull it down. Hey, that's right. a pretty good idea. And I, I say this to her, uh, and maybe not as much as I used to, but it used to be a daily thing. And I have that quote on a canvas in my living room. And also um, a quote from in The Fault in Our Stars. It says, I fell oh. in love with the way she fell asleep. You know? Yeah, slowly and then all at once. Exactly. So oh, <laughs> my line. wife my wife is a huge fan of Hank Green and John Green both. She listens to the podcast, yep. just the pod. Uh, she's written in before, and uh, it's 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 really cool that you guys are. Uh, I actually got nerd to go to Hank Green's concert four years ago. Uh, Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers, and I met him. That's pretty cool. And he is not only incredibly tall, but also. Very nice. <laughs> it's, it's worth mentioning that Miranda is pretty short, too. I'm 5'4". I'm I am average four. height for a woman. Thank you very much. I am above <laughs> average height for a human. 6'2", yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty, tall. pretty tall. Right? Yeah. I'm and five, I wear a size 15 shoe. So, yeah, I'm 5'7". I'm just, just under average height. <laughs> That's okay, because I'm data 5'2 girl, so it's great. What would you say to somebody very, very, very opposed to you? What would you say? <laughs> um, I live my life in a way that does not negatively impact other people. And if the way that I live my life doesn't affect you, why does it matter? And I, I would also probably tell anyone who that questioning things is okay. And I wish I'd learned that sooner. Mm. It's okay to question things. Some, many times when people question things, they come back and realize that where they were was what was right for them but if it's not it's okay to question it um and every single person is worthy of of being cared about and respected if somebody if the way someone lives their life doesn't affect you then it shouldn't matter what they're doing that's beautiful so i love it Yay! If you want to drop your uh, your socials in there, uh, Twitters, Facebooks, and TikToks, and oh, cool. anything you want, go ahead. Uh, my Instagram is Andy Christine A N D I C H R I S T I N E, and then my TikTok is Witchy Miranda. Okay. Yeah. 
you guys go follow her um we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening